0: Bismillah ar-Rahman rahim Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen Allahumma salli wa sallim Mubarak la nabiyana Muhammad Wa ala alihi wa ashabihi ajba'in Allahumma la sahla illa ma sahla Wa anta tajlul hazna Itha shi'i sahla Allahumma a'inna ala dhikrika wa shukrika Wa husna ibaditiki Ya Rabbil Kirim As-salamu alaykum Wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh So um, uh, Tonight is going to be uh, uh, A shorter lesson little bit Because of time and issues and things like that, Champions okay, League eh? Champions League, no, no, I don't think I can make the uh, Champions, uh, in today's games are lame anyway, Arsenal going to get battered and, and last night's game was the real game and it was a shocker, to be honest, it was a shocker, but there you go, um, so just so that I know, who was at um, No Doubt, you was at No Doubt and you was, I saw you there and, did I not see you there, no, I didn't see you're not even for a bit? You came for the men's stall at all? Nothing. Nothing at all, yeah? I just thought I saw you. Okay. And um Zafi didn't go, huh? Oh, you went to London, Zafi. Islam, you went there? Yeah. What did you think? Different. Different. <laughs> <And> the, <laughs> that, <laughs> that perfect politically correct word. That perfect, perfect description. No word is better than different. Such a wonderful word. It was different. Yeah. It was very different, very, very different. Um, and it was good for me as well, because I have never, no, I have uh, sat through an entire weekend class, that style. And it's, you know, what people forget is that when you conduct so many classes like that, you don't actually have, you haven't actually done it yourself, right? But I actually have, I have uh, sat through one or two classes. And, uh, but it was my first class where, and yes, that I've known for like donkey's years. Okay, we're like from students to teachers to where we are right now. Um, But I never actually sat a whole weekend, yeah, from beginning to end, and I found it myself very beneficial. Uh, And I was telling Shaz that the most beneficial thing is if you are a lecturer yourself, just how much of a professional lecturer he is. He is the consummate, perfect lecturer. He does it very, very well. So uh yeah compared to other classes the content would be less the discussion would be less and you know it's a lot more controlled but that is how you do professional lecturing you only give the students exactly what you want them to cover don't give any space for any expansion he doesn't lose control of the class and he basically you know gave everyone everything i was i was very impressed that he didn't Seem to be rushed or anything. And um, it's something which is interesting, uh, just so that people recognize, uh, I was getting some feedback from the last time that I taught fitna, which is the tafsir of Ali Imran. And the feedback was. It was it was interesting. You feedback? no, 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 no. Like but this is so this. this the, the, no, 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 the no, no. This is the difference. This is the difference between the people who are not haters, yeah, like you, okay, and people who are genuinely thinkers, yeah. This person said that I asked actually the person. I said, "What did you think of? No doubt, and did you you haven't given me the feedback for um, fits now? Because I always amend the class according, accordingly." That person said. That no doubt needs more fitna, and fitna needs more no doubt. <laughs> see, you see, so that's I found that very interesting. Basically, as you said, fitna needs the order and the discipline of no doubt, and no doubt needs the content and the thinking, and the you know, so it's interesting. Anyway, I really enjoyed the weekend, I think it was a good show. Um, Uh, whatever okay guys right any questions to start off with Um, Shaz if you yeah any questions that we can uh, uh, deal with beforehand Um, how can you even open that you can yeah yeah I was going to say that there were a few remaining questions and because this Aura aspect now is pretty much done well actually it's not completely done but the kind of questions that people are asking, those that topic is done. So I want to just kind of finish off that completely. So the first question there is that sometimes at the women's side, when we are praying and the female neck is showing from the back, a sister would cover it for her from behind. Is that permissible for her to do in the middle of the prayer? So I'm assuming that that's a sister who's actually praying who's covering the other one who's praying. Okay? And I want to say that um, that's actually a difficult question. Okay, let's first do the easy part, and that is, if you're not praying and you see that, then yes, it is permissible and it's part of enjoying the good and forbidding the evil. Especially if you know that the reaction is going to be a positive one. Yeah, it's a big different. Yani yeah, going up to a geezer and you know grabbing his belt thingy and yanking his trousers up, you literally have a heart attack. Yeah, and, yeah. And they used to give call it a name. What's that? Wedgie. wedgie, yes, 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 yes. So they might even think that there's some kind of attack going on, you're giving the guy a wedgie. So we don't want any, that kind of, uh, you know, we don't want more in the happening. So, you know, little things that, where you might just pull something down or whatever. Make, yeah, it's more a case about making the person aware, because no one does that intentionally. So that's okay. Now, when it comes to within the prayer itself now, we're moving into a subject which is going to be covered later, and that is movement in the prayer. And movement in the prayer is a very, very, it's a difficult subject because um, it has not been given parameters by the Prophet ﷺ. There are no hadith which indicate the maximum and minimum. And that's why you have such, and we spoke about this last week. That there are certain areas in the sharia where the fuqaha they really have free license to mention parameters and this much and that much and this and that where there's actually no evidence but they're trying to kind of get control on the subject and so some, that's why you'll see some of the madahib, they'll say when they're, when some guy asks their molvi and he says you know am I allowed to scratch for example in itchy part they'll be told you're allowed three scratches for example right or you're allowed uh, two movements or yani, numbers are actually mentioned, and when of course there is nothing of any evidence from the Quran and Sunnah. So that's obviously weird, but then it's not so weird because those folks, if you were to say to them, there's no evidence, but don't move, but if you do move and you don't lose the style of the prayer, they get confused. They say, No, you know what, just stick to the basic one and just tell me what, you know, what I can do, what I can't do. So you can't blame the Maldives, you can't blame the scholars for making things easy for them, okay? And so the movement in the prayer is one like this as well. Effectively, the governing principle for movement is that you must at all times preserve the prayer. And preserving the prayer means that when someone would be to look at you, they would not think that you're not praying. And you yourself, when you're praying, when you make that move, you yourself don't display or feel like you're not praying. So, the example would be, if I'm praying like this, right? And, you know, hand on hand, focus on the qibla, and I've got a scratch here. Yeah? Now, if I was to go... You know what I'm saying? Right? So there's like a number of things that just happened there. Body shape moved, face moved, my face went from the qibla, eyes went from the qibla, both hands came up, Yani yeah, and, and I really going at it, kind of. You know, I was really irritated by you know, going like this, like that, whatever. And then I'm back here again. A number of things happened. One, I didn't maintain any spiritual connection with the salah. I like completely broke it. Two, my physical surah of my, my my when you look at me didn't look like you know. If someone was to walk in, they would probably think he's about to pray. He's standing ready for prayer. He's about to make the iqamah but he's just yeah, getting himself ready, kind of thing, right? You wouldn't have a clue that this guy is praying. And, uh, you know, the same would be to another person looking in. So, what I'm saying is that you broke that prayer, not legally. I'm not saying that the prayer has been invalidated. But what I'm saying is that you have really introduced a whole level of foreign movements. Foreign means foreign to the prayer, not foreign in terms of language. Foreign to the prayer. You've really brought other things into the game and you've confused the situation. Okay? However, now another scenario which is that that itch count, count, uh, has, has started again, and I do not move, and my left hand remains exactly where it is, and my focus is still there, and I just kind of, you know, just do this, you know, as gentle as possible, to get the job done without losing focus, whatever, and without losing the hayah, my head down, whatever. Then a person who would come in, would say, this is a person who's praying, who's itching himself. You know what I'm saying? And likewise, my mental capacity and my My mental of connection or whatever is still there. So that's the general parameter. Now, because this is such a long answer, people do not get told this. And they're basically told, don't itch. Or they're told, don't do this or whatever. Now, one of the very common ones, for example, is the foot itch. Yes? And you see that. You see people whose feet are itching and then, you know, they literally, they will, you know, they'll lift one foot up and they will start scratching the other one like hardcore like if this is the if this is the foot they lift this one up and you know down the calf and whatever and there's a lot of stuff happening there now you could argue that okay because there's no need now to drop the hands yeah and you're still focused there so you still look like you're praying but there's a lot of stuff going on there's a lot of movement and there's no need for that meaning that there is a position where you can slightly just you know Uh, uh, ensure that the itch is carried out without you lifting both feet and foot very very high etc there are some people that you notice that don't understand this system that when that mad itch comes they'll go for it with their left hand for example so the calf is itching and then literally they'll scratch their calf which means a breaking of the position bending over and they do it now in that scenario we'll say that it's actually less of a problem to lift the foot up and use the foot you don't break the picture of the prayer, so everything is relative. Every movement is relative to what are the options that are available to you. Okay, um, Excuse me. yeah. The
1: difference between standing in jamaat and standing on your own.
0: This is this is uh, regardless of whether you are alone or uh, uh, in a in a congregation. Mm-hmm. This 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 uh, 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 paradigm that I'm trying to describe is a permanent one. Likewise for the woman who's praying in a room closed away, that's not going to be opened by anyone, whatever, it still applies. I, I want to indicate that it's not just a third-party issue. Because some people think that it's only if other people observe you and have a perception. No, a personal, there has to be a personal kind of connection to the prayer as well. Okay? Now, like I said, when this section comes, we'll talk about it a lot more. But it has a very important application you know, in our Salah. Especially in the age of mobile phones. Especially with mobile phones. Because so much, so much of the time, the phone goes off in the prayer. Okay? And this is a reality that was never known before at all in any way. It's a modern problem. And it causes an incredible amount of disturbance, especially if they're playing music as a ringtone. Now, generally, people are used to ring, 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 or a bell. And that's, you know, by the by. It's like the car alarm that went off in Salah. Okay, now the majority of us just completely ignored it. And hopefully you're thinking that the person who knows his Karalam, he's the one who's thinking about it, and then he goes and turns it off. But noise we're used to, and noise was not the norm at the time of the early fuqaha, okay? Like this, this strange noise, noise that's, that worries you, okay? Now it's gone to an issue where the noise now disturbs people big time. And if you put music or you put other stuff on it, and you know, some people have uh, used ringtones that have got words and spoken speech. and It's a whole mess. Okay? It's a mess. So I want to say to you that to allow these things to play out is a munkar. That's a wrong thing to allow things to just play out. You need to stop the harm. You need to turn things off. You need to do that. But people are terrified because they've been told I can't you know, move and I can't do this and I can't do that. So I want to say to you that it doesn't matter what the reason is. You are allowed movement within the prayer that stays within the paradigm of the prayer. Okay? And so therefore, you are allowed to put your hand in your pocket and to either... And and this is why I I say in fiqh salah when I teach it, obviously we haven't got to that now, that you should, when you buy your phone, even the purchase of your phone, like the purchase of your plane ticket, like the position of your house, everything that you do should be done as a practicing Muslim. It It should... you know, affect your purchasing. So, if you've got the money, then buy first class, okay, and have lots of ease and ability to be able to command position and pray when you want, and not have to worry about asking people, begging people. Rather, you want people to be serving you and begging you. You know what I'm saying? If you've got the money, you use it. If you're buying a house, you buy a close to message, If you're buying a phone, buy a phone that you know that you are in complete control of. Not something so complicated that you know. And a physical button, for example, is a is a massive help versus you know knowing that there's no physical button I have to somehow you know blindly touch a screen and do this and wipe that remember you know all this kind of codes and whatever that's a headache right so I'm saying that this is the kind of thing you do now I, I don't I want to say that that's not obligatory of course okay to have a phone with an on off button physical and so if you are able to have one then you're fortunate enough to know that there's the on off button you turn it off but you haven't moved meaning this is the hand which has done the moving gone into the pocket but this one is still there Indicating to anyone else that, yeah, I'm still in the prayer. And the focus is still on the, such, the point. Your eyes have not moved away from that. So you do that. Now, let's say a scenario that you can't find a button. Or your phone is not like that. You are allowed. And here, the scenario would be, the wrong way of doing it, is that, you know, you're like, and then you put the phone up and you kind of start looking at it like this. And, you know what I'm trying to say? Both hands involved... My face has moved away from the qibla, eyes have moved away from the qibla, both hands have come up, you're now really far away. So, what instead we're talking about is a person just thinks about it, he doesn't you know, panic, he can feel the, the sound coming from, say, this pocket or that pocket, he, he, meaning that he allows himself to think, not this patting movement. Yeah? So, he knows, right, right, no, no, I know what that is, this right hand pocket. So, his left hand stay, stays, he comes out and he brings it here so that his direction doesn't change. It's very interesting the hadith of the Prophet ﷺ when the door was knocked and he was praying nafil at his home and he opened the door without changing anything. That's the key. So meaning that, and you already know, and obviously we'll talk about this later, um, that the conditions that control obligatory prayers versus nafil prayers are not the same. So there's a lot more of a relaxed approach to nafil. You can pray riding on a horse. You can pray riding in a car. You can pray sitting down. You can, you know, direction of the qibla is not essential if it keeps changing. Whereas the obligatory prayer doesn't have any of these yani concessions. So likewise, I I even mentioned before that one of the most amazing uh, yani things that you learn is that there are actually some narrations from the companions that in their long nafal prayers, they used to even drink sips when they used to get very, very tired. Tiny sips of water. And I used to say, that the modern-day version of this would be, you know, the cyclists, they have these uh, small, tiny bags, and it has the connected little thingy. Literally, you could be there praying and knocking at your tahajjud. And, you know, quick one-two, and off you go, yeah? So that's the kind of thing I'm talking about. Now, now we're getting far into the Intricacies of the fiqh of the salaf, yani meaning narrations from the companions. And we'll do that. But what I'm trying to say is that there's a massive relaxation. So we know that the Prophet is praying at home, therefore, he's definitely praying Nafil prayer. And when someone's knocked on the door, we have a situation here that this person is going to knock and then knock and then knock and then go away. It's not a case where, you know, that person can drop a little miss call or a message and you call them back. A person comes to the door, it's a big thing. And if they go away, you might, you know what I'm trying to say? I want you to understand the difference in culture. Now you might not do that because it's not an issue. Because if he knocks on your door, then by the time you finish, he's not going to have got anywhere. And you can just fall the phone the guy and say, if was that you or not or whatever, come back. So the door had to be opened. So the Prophet ﷺ, he walks. Now, what's important here is that, the, as you know, his room was literally this big, like, like a couple of meters. So all he had to do was take two steps, effectively. And the two steps, he doesn't change the Qibla. He's still walking towards Qibla. His hands are still there, just like you would do in filling a gap in the obligatory prayer. So if there's a gap in front of you, you take two, three steps to get to the gap and you close it. The Prophet Sallallahu said that the best gap that has ever been closed is the gap which is closed by the person who walks into it in the Salah line. Okay? So likewise, person knocks on the door, you don't change any direction, and you open a door, and you go back to your prayer, and you're praying. So what we learn from that, is that there are certain parameters that allow for movement, as long as certain things are preserved. And that is the Hay'ah, we call it. The Hay'ah. The Shakal. The The shape and the presentation of the prayer, As long as it's kind of preserved, we're okay. And so in this scenario here, you wouldn't move this hand, you'd still look here, you come up here, you look at this situation, on, off, off, and then back into the pocket. You get what I'm saying? So, these are the, this is what controls movements. Now, after this is what controls movements, in this scenario here, if you are able to do something with such a minimal movement, then okay. However, in the majority of cases, you will not be able to do something like that. It will require too much stretching, too much turning, too much this, too much that. Okay. And so I want to say, as a general rule, now PACs are not guilty of this at all, they're terrified of movement in the prayer. Arabs love movement in the prayer they're all over the show they love that behavior they like pulling people left and right come and you come, full, you know there's a gap here you come this way and you know whatever what not. you know it's a whole culture different culture and the culture of course determines one's fiqh as well and it even comes from the fiqh so you'll see an Arab you're praying next to an Arab man or woman they'll have no problem doing that they will actually physically do that they'll even, say, they'll even look at you in the prayer and just say move up or you know come closer kind of thing And I just want to say to you that in principle, I do not believe that you should make these movements in the prayer if there is a risk or there's a percentage chance that people are not going to understand it. People are going to resist. People are going to be surprised and going to be shocked and so on and so forth. You you get what I'm saying? Okay. Like, I'll, I'll give you another example. You're in the prayer line and you know what, after... Uh, you know you might not tell right at the beginning but maybe 20 30 seconds in to the prayer you've realized that the gaps to your left and right are massive but because there was an the initial jostling and you didn't clock on now that the prayer is in play you realize that to your left hand side there's a huge gap now you've got an option here okay you are either going to now uh, there's three options you're going to do nothing and just allow the gap to remain or you're going to physically grab the guy on your left and pull him closer towards yourself and then hope that that happens all the way, or you're going to you yourself move to the right and widen that gap in the knowledge that the guy who's now the gap is on his right is going to see now a really big gap and going to now move as well. All of these three options are a decision that are based upon your perception of that prayer line and the people in that prayer line. And that would therefore mean knowing the ethnic background, the culture, the fiqh, the this, the that, whatever. So from my experience, most of the time you're going to end up doing nothing. And I would advise that as well. Because most of the time the people that you are praying with in a congregation are ignorant of the rules of fiqh. And therefore your attempt at trying to fix the situation makes it worse. People say, what about the gap? Allah said this, the Prophet ﷺ said that. You know what? It's not your problem. Yani it was the Imam's responsibility to fix this at the beginning. It's the sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ and of the companions that the prayer would not be started until, yani, to, to sufuf, until the lines have all been made strong, straight, close, everything. The companions, after the iqamah, would be going up and down the lines. The Prophet ﷺ would take responsibility for the first line. And then other people like Sayyidina Bilal and Omar were the two yani, common ones, that that would take responsibility for the other lines. They would go around and they would straighten people, bring people in close, yani, whatever, whatnot. And then once the, the go-ahead has been given, Allahu Akbar. Yani, nowadays, it's the clock which determines the prayer, not yani, the nature of the prayer line. So it's not like the jama'ah is ready, it's now a case of the time is in, Bam, we have to start. Ignore the reality of what's actually going on on the ground. So, I'm telling you now, you see that big problem, okay? Unless you're super confident that it's going to work out, then don't worry about it, okay? When you're in the Haram, in Mecca and Medina, different. There is almost like an understanding that the rules of the house are that people are going to be walking into gaps and everyone knows, doesn't matter what yani, background you come from, people, you know, packs who go there for the first time, they're shocked when they see it, but they, they, they understand, they learn the game quick. Whereas the residents, they all know that. People are moving forward all the time because a gap comes up, whatever, different story. You do the movement, whatever. But even then, even then, there has to be a realistic yani, approach to this. Because in the haram, you could spend the entire prayer just walking forward. Because there's always people leave big gaps. And so there has to be a natural limit. So one or two movements to get to some kind of parity, okay. But no, Allah did not obligate upon you to fill every single gap, especially in a place where, like the haram. Because I swear to you, you will spend the beginning of the four rakah until the end just walking forward, walking forward, walking forward. You know what I'm saying? So I'm saying that there needs to be a very holistic approach now, it just took me 23 minutes to explain that point. Okay? That's why the scholars, the muftis, the imams, the mulvis, just say to the person, not allowed to move. Or you're allowed to scratch yourself three times. Do you hear what I'm trying to say now? Don't walk more than two steps. These are, these are famous lines in fiqh books. Now you know why. It's far more easier for the imam, far more easier for the, the muqtadi, the person who's asking, and actually it's easier for him to memorize. Right? But as students of knowledge, you need to have a far more deeper appreciation of the issue at hand. That these are useful parameters, but they're not based in any evidence. And as long as you're able to control the scenario, then you know what the actual truth is. So in response to this, does this sister do that? Most of the time, no. And neither will she be sinful. Neither will that person whose scenario that is is sinful because she's unaware and the only thing that's happened is potentially you missed out on a little bit of enjoying the good and an extra amount of reward. However, if you left it intentionally because you saw that there was gonna be a bit too much of you know the to and fro, then you probably get the reward for it anyway. And Allah knows best.
1: Just going back to your example of scratching, yes, you gave two scenarios there. One the subtle scratch and keeping the shape. When, when you didn't keep the shape and you scratched and you, you took away the kebla, yeah but you said even for the second one, you do not break the prayer. Yes. So is the issue, just simply
0: the quality of the prayer is affected, rather than... The no, no. I, I, that, I, I, it's a really good question, and I just want to say that the reason I said that, the like the more kind of, you know, more crazy kind of scratch, mm. yeah, in a moment, yeah, that, that didn't break the prayer is because the issue of what actually breaks and breaks the prayer is again a subjective one. Mm. And... Um, we've got to be careful. No scholar wants to be that guy that sets that limit so low that all the prayers of everyone is being broken. You get what I'm trying to say? And to be honest, there's very little difference between, you know, and, you know what I'm saying? Right? So we've got to be careful. So you might say, well, hold on, people do need to know. Yeah, so where's the boundary? And I would say the boundary is such a level of foreign intervention mm-hmm. into the prayer that its yani, whole reality is almost changed. That's your subjective view. Uh, it, 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 most of these matters in fiqh is sub- are subjective. Right. Okay, and that's why I always like to add that uh, third party involvement. Mm-hmm. I think that the scholars did that. It's a genius move. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and likewise. For those who are people who, who are not praying in a third party environment, I like to therefore add the internal yani, uh, self that uh, adds that regulation. But that third party really helps. That third party really helps. You know, If you're walking past a person, snapshot, snapshot, you walked into a room and walked straight through and you had a quick glance and saw a guy, would you then when they asked you, where's Muhammad? You'd say, he's praying. Or would you say, I saw him in the stockroom. You know not I'm saying? There's a big difference between the two. Alright? Is there any more left on that one? Is that if your lower back is exposed during Sajdah but your aura is covered, what ruling applies to that scenario? Well the prayer is valid regardless. We said that. And the lower back itself, if the I'm guessing that they mean by that the aura is uh the hard aura, right? Because if they're mentioning lower back, then we said that the lower back is part of that aura. But you know, I think they're talking about hard aura and soft aura. In any case, if your lower back is exposed during the sajda momentarily we discussed this last week, summarizing that to invalidate the prayer, it needs to be a large amount of significant uncovering for a long period of time, i.e. the majority of the prayer. Teigah? Yep, anything else done? A sheikh once mentioned that what? That if you see someone's light aura showing then you should pull it up if you are able to. Again what I just said. If it's within the realms of possibility without ruining systems and things like that, then uh, whatever. Um, oh, yeah, uh, uh, Can you clean your nose with a tissue paper during Salah? I also want to add a very important point, actually, which I didn't mention. I'm glad that person asked that question because it, it gives context. There's also a category of actions that are normal. Now, I want to say that an itch is a human normal action. So we are less strict on an itch. Likewise, the use of a tissue is normal, and there were no tissues back at the time of the Prophet ﷺ. It was always the sleeve or the cloth that they were using themselves. Okay, and that means qiyas by then analogy, the handkerchief, and then by analogy, a, a tissue or anything. Okay, so these are normative actions which are part and parcel of people normal day and that means a prayer is also going to get its fair percentage especially if someone's got a sniffle and a cold so yes you are allowed to use the tissue but likewise here is where you start to now use yani from your own not not it's haram or it's obligatory to do this but you start to yourself develop moves so for example you know i never used to understand the people who put their tissues here right did you ever see that yeah, you see there's people here saying, no, I don't know what you're talking about. And it was late on in life, and only only when I started working with non-Muslims that I see this whole move of tissues being kept inside the sleeve. And so it's very, you know, there's no flapping around looking for it each time. It's a case of simply when a person knows, they're just going straight to there and straight to there. Straight to there and straight to there. And that's genius. That's what Muslims should be doing. So if they are like that, wear sleeves, wear then a tissue that, have a tissue which is close. And you minimize everything, one hand only. Yani, you know, keep things tight, and you use your tissue, uh, etc. Okay. And as for holding a baby, um, the again, the issue of movement is again where it becomes out of control. There's a big difference, Yani, you know, holding a baby. Yani, you know, what I mean is that when you're holding a baby, and you are trying to pray, people can see. You get what I'm saying? Now, the holding of the baby to stop the kid crying is something which is permissible. However, as we said before, and as is actually going to come in this this week's lesson or next week's lesson, um, uh, it's going to be part of the actual evidences on whether picking up the baby... Have we covered picking up the baby? I think we did. I think we did, isn't it? About najasa, if they've done a nappy. Have we not done it in LP?
1: Yeah.
0: uh, 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 So what did we mention? Uh, About breaking the wudu of the one who's praying, right? Yanu, did we talk about the baby with respect to it breaking my wudu and they've done a nappy? Yeah. yeah. So, uh, just to recap, then uh, picking up a baby who's done a nappy, that's not permissible. Okay? Because that's najasa and you're intentionally moving towards najasa. If you, and and not permissible, not permissible, not it breaks the prayer. Okay? Not permissible. And likewise, let's say that uh, the second scenario is you're holding a baby and it does a nappy that also doesn't break the prayer okay what happens is that you need to put the baby down okay you need to put the baby down and carry on if the baby did you know your hand got soiled from the nappy for example the prayer is invalidated but the wudu isn't your wudu is not invalidated by najasa so therefore you would put the baby down wash your hands your body clothes whatever's dirty and you start the prayer again your prayer is cancelled but not your wudu your wudu is broken by your own najasa. Not by najasa being on you. You just wash it off. Okay? Alright. We're up to date now, yeah, Shaz? Yeah, yeah. Yeah? So, then the, the text that, that we're going to cover today... Uh, down, Sheikh. Down, down, down. No, this is not even it. What is that, bro? You've come up with some next text. text. Is it? Yeah. Oh, right. Okay, yeah, sorry, yeah. Yeah, so... Uh, وَمَنْ uh, إِنْ بَعْضَ عَوْرَتِهِ وَفَحُشْ which is what we covered last week أو صلى فِي ثَوْبٍ مُحَرَّمْ عَلَيْهِ أو, أو نَجِسْ أَعَادَ لَا مَنْ فِي مَحَلِّ النجس. Okay, that's the text that we're covering today. So, uh, if some of one's عَوْرَة becomes, in, sig, becomes significantly uncovered, we covered that last week, and this week, or prays in an unlawful garment haram garment, the word is haram, muharram, okay? Or it is impure, the word was najas, okay? They must repeat the prayer. They must repeat the prayer. One does not repeat though, if confined in an impure place. Okay, we're <laughs> going to cover that next week, inshallah. Right, so, um, what's, the, what's the thing here? We've covered last week. If the awrah becomes uncovered, you've got to repeat the prayer. And what did we say about Uncovered. We said that the Hanabila they were a bit strict on the issue. But when it comes to tafsil, the only time that you're going to need to repeat the prayer is if it's a huge amount of uncovering for a long period of time. But if it's a small amount for a small period of time or a large amount for a small period of time or a small amount for a small period of time, then you're going to be okay. But a large amount for a large period of time, we need to repeat the prayer. That prayer really you know, is a joke if you're going to say that prayer stood. Okay, Now we're in another scenario. Haram thawb. What does that mean? Okay, so this is the p- top of page 173 in the Sharh, uh, a sharh al-Mumti' and Sheikh says, A. Lam salatuhu The prayer is not valid. Okay, if he prays in an, in an impermissible thawb. Because it has already been previously stated that from the conditions of the thing that covers you, the Satir, okay, the Satir is that which covers the Sutra, or the one's, uh, sorry, this, the satir is the thing which covers the awrah, okay? Is that we said, right, like it seems like years ago, it was two months ago, that it must be mubah, that it has to be permissible. The thing which covers you must be mubah, must, must be permissible. But so therefore if you pray, in, uh, يعني in a thawb you're wearing, which is haram, either because of how you got it, إِمَّا لكسبيه, how you obtained it, وَإِمَّا yeah. or for its intrinsic nature, وَإِمَّا لِوَصْفِهِ or because of how it is worn, how it is worn, وَإِمَّا لِكَوْنِ ثَمَنِهِ الْمُعَيَّنْ حَرَامٌ غَيْرُ The madhab adds a fourth category as well, and it says that the specific price for the thobe is haram. Then all of these four categories means that the prayer is invalid according to the humbly madhhab. I repeat, so either if it was haram because of the way you got it, either haram because of what it is, either haram because of how it's worn, or either haram because its price itself was haram, which is a little nuance which we're going to go through. Then this makes the thawb haram and it makes the prayer invalid, which is a major statement. It basically invalidates your prayer. Okay. What is the example of ya mitul muharram an example of a uh a, a, a thobe okay when I say thobe, you know what I mean? I mean your dress yeah garment clothes, shirt whatever it is thobe means garment okay shall I use the word garment or ثوب? Garment is a horrible phrase honestly, it sounds so old, so this is stick to ثوب okay, but you know that I don't mean ثوب yeah so um, how can a thob be haram because of how it was obtained? Obviously, stolen. Yeah, stolen, frauded, you blacked it somehow, one way or the other. Okay, that is what haram al-maqsoob. or masrookan or ma So any of that category. That's easy, I think. Yes. How is a يعني, ومثال المحرم لعينه What is يعني, something which is intrinsically prohibited? Silk, good. So if a male is wearing silk, then that thob is intrinsically prohibited. Okay? So that would be the uh, uh, thing. Give me another example. Good. Okay? Pictures, see through. But then see through is different. Why is see through different? No, the opposite. Uh, Sorry, what did you say? It uncovers it. Correct. So it's not even, we haven't even got to. Haram or not haram, it didn't even fulfill the condition of being a thawb. Yep. So the pictures is the point here. And we need to have a little chat about this, okay? Because uh, this is a big discussion, pictures. And it was a big discussion back then, and only God knows how much of a bigger discussion it is now, right? So something that has suwar. In fact, he says, and I, I quote, لِأَنَّ الثَوْبَ الَّذِي فِيهِ haram حَرَامٌ لُبْسَهُ عَلَى الرِّجَالِ وَالنِّسَاءِ Any thought that has pictures on it is haram for a man or woman to wear. Now, we need to discuss this. Because not only did he say it's haram as it is just to wear, but then, just normally outside the prayer, but then worn in the prayer, it's also invalidating the prayer as well. That's a big statement. Let's talk about this. The asal of this is the hadith which is narrated by Bukhari and Muslim. The hadith is hadith number 5954 in Bukhari. Where the Prophet ﷺ entered into the house and Aisha radiallahu anha in the where her little mihrab was, her little kind of prayer area, she had it boxed off with yeah, some curtains. Very thin curtains, but they had images on it. Now at that time, I want you to know that images... And there's a lot of discussion about this, but this is my theory. Yeah? And Allah knows best. Like, and I can't say this with any confidence, but images today... Sorry, okay. Yeah? Animate
1: or inanimate
0: images? It was animate. Okay? We'll talk about this in, in a second. Um, actually, let's talk about that first. When we mention images, let me just be very clear that we are always talking about animate. Life forms. So that's all animals, all humans, and their forms. Okay, and that's very important for you to understand because there are opinions out there, opinions. Okay, and this is where it gets a bit funky. Mm -hmm. That if you had, for example, you know your Mickey Mouse T-shirt, you know your 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 beloved Mickey Mouse T-shirt, yeah, the one you go to sleep in. I know you all do. Okay, (laughs) big one. Yeah, that's actually permissible because it cannot Exist. exist. And that was a fatwa, Sheikh of Baz. That was his fatwa. Yeah. And uh, I don't know about that. I mean, it's a great fatwa, to be honest. It makes life a lot easier. The idea that, you know, a unicorn on your t-shirt is all permissible, this, that, whatever. It's just, it, you know, it's... I, actually, I don't know, I don't know how to articulate my natural response. I like the fiqh. I want to say because the reason I like the fiqh is because um, there is consensus that you can have pictures of scenery and landscapes and, a, you know, anything, any object. You know, you you, you, you had a, like one of a phone or a letter or a logo. All this is completely permissible. Okay. Unless there is a specific affiliation linked to it that makes it a uniform, which is part of a religious order, then that's something else. Yeah. But that's a bit funky. Yeah. So, um now, if you did have, for example, a, a human being, right, on your shirt or jumper, and you were to remove his head, which is a bit macabre, but, yeah, honey, you know, yeah? Now, you could do whatever. For example, uh, you could put something across his head, or you could, um, uh, uh, you might be the one who's manufacturing it. And therefore you heard the fatwa one. so therefore you make it headless. So it's just the body. Now nearly all the scholars say that when the face is defaced, look at the phraseology as well, and we're speaking in English which is not the language of fiqh. When the face is defaced, then the actual prohibited, prohibited thing is now gone. And that's very interesting because when it comes to the permissibility and impermissibility of images, there's a big discussion of what's the ill. What's like what's the issue? Now, in this hadith, it gives us a real strong indication of what the illah is. Because when the Prophet walked into the room and saw this curtain and it had the image on it, the Prophet became very angry and ripped it down. And what he said is that the most punished of the people on the day of judgment will be those who try to imitate Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in his creative in his creating right so then Aisha as you know she cut it up and used it in cushions yeah so what do we learn we learn it's not even about the issue of the existence it's the issue of it being on display and presenting something and some scholars said that the issue is about images that are used for worship only. And some scholars said that the issue is that the images are aggrandizing something. And some said that it's uh, that which shows respect. So for example, if you had an image on a carpet, it would be allowed. Many fuqaha said that. Because they said you walk on it. And no one would want to, and there's no way that you are copying the creation of Allah in a kind of like a uh, proud sense if what you've created is to be walked on or to be disrespected or to be used for educational purposes, which is why some of the scholars allow the whole educational purposes of, you know, of uh, pictures in books and this and that, whatever, whatnot. I think that's an interesting caveat to it. Um, I want to say to you that this is full of ishtihad. It's a, it's, it is one of the most difficult issues to, to try and reconcile, way above my pay grade. If you think about it, for example, uh, today's pictures, the majority of, all right, are very different to the type of pictures that were made before. So before you did not see so much, for example, uh, uh, images were done accurately. The idea of the image is to make a perfect reproduction. Statues and idols and things like that were in. Today, no one cares about statues and idols other than some obscure art kind of scene, but the majority of our picture issues are images which are digital, actually, right? So, back then, it's really good representations of lifelike forms that were then displayed as a sense of honor that this is who I am, and this is the owner of this house, and this is a memory of this, ha- whatever. Now, uh, uh, and another thing that was prominent then is that it was something which was done by hand and there was a lot of skill that was being yani, attributed to the one that was doing it, a lot of awe, a lot of respect, okay, and so on and so forth. Then we have modern era. Now modern era, you, let's put aside the, the, the painters, let's just focus on the majority of pictures that we see. The first argument is, is that it's done automatically without any effort and no one respects anyone for doing it. That's a fair enough argument. Another argument is said that... Today it's not a written image at all. It's like your image in a mirror... Or looking at yourself in a river... And seeing your reflection. And that's not impermissible. And what we're doing is showing it. And you just press a button and it's gone and it's deleted. Which is also interesting. Okay. However, these are not complete arguments. Okay. Um, Because you could argue that... Actually, the person... um, Who does create that image... We recognize it is a big difference between something taken on a, a Nokia 3210. I don't even know if that one had a camera or not. Yeah. <laughs> but you know that, versus the DLSR proper behavior, lying in this, that, and when you look at it, you appreciate it and you like, wow, that's beautiful. You know what I'm saying? You really respect the photographer. So I don't know about that. Okay? I'm saying that now there is a huge amount of respect that's given to a really good picture. Now, what about the people who use graphic design to create pictures? Well, sometimes their effort that's required on a digital platform is equal or even more so than the guy who's doing it freehand. Right? Okay? I'll tell you another point. Um, Back then, images were mostly seen in a respect and kind of pride point of view, whereas today's images are art. And it's it's actually more stylish to do one that doesn't look like a person than it does. So your apps on your phone, they are looking to make it, you know, xenon based or the pencil kind of, you know, they change it to a cartoon, for example, and all kinds of things. Meaning that nowadays a lot of the pictures actually do not represent proper humans. And for example, if you had a picture of your thing, actually it would be very rare and in fact it would be very bizarre. And actually you would, you would, you would, you would know that this is like a one pound t-shirt. If you had a t-shirt with a guy's face on it, right? And it would be thirty pounds if the actual T-shirt picture was shaded out with a couple of lines going through it. Does that make sense? You know what I'm trying to say? That would be a stylistic appropriation of, uh, you know, the face, and it's actually st- is simplistic and and uh, minimalist to just make the person imagine they can see the face but they can't see it. You know what I'm trying to say? Our our scene is very very different. Then you got you know so. Um, and then animals. Animals were being displayed in big, beautiful, kind of fulsome kind of ways previously. Nowadays, the animal would be shown either like that, or in a very kind of obscure way, or as part of a logo, like Lacoste, the crocodile, or Kappa, the two guys who are sitting back to back, or Polo, the guy on the horse, etc. How do we understand that? I don't. Th- and what I'm so what I'm trying to. Explain that there's a lot of nuance here, and we need a lot of fiqh and a lot of ishtihad And I want to say that, like, I just go through the list. Polo, no problem. You can't see nothing a lot of light from the horse. You can't see any features of the guy. Not an issue. So
1: so there's two two kinds of polo logos. Okay. One's a small one. Yes, I'm talking about a small one. Yeah, now they've enlarged it and made it really big as well.
0: But what? Can you see anything? You can distinguish it's a horse and a guy on a horse. But is there any uh, uh, image? It's about no, the detail. Okay. Is it about the detail? It is about the detail, you see? Here's the point. What is, 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 it, is the issue about the detail is it not? Is it possible to give life to a horse which is just a silhouette? You see a silhouette, then it enters into a whole different argument. Are, is, are shadows impermissible? Right? So if we had a shadow, no one would say it's impermissible. Right? So basically, a silhouette is a shadow. Now, back in the day, there would be no sense to put a blacked out person or a blacked out horse because the whole point of imaging is to make person go, wow, right? So now, obviously, it's more stylish to just have a logo. So, um, and also they said that the, the word surah comes from surah, yani the face, right? The, 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 yani When we say surah, take a surah, it means take a photo, Right? But that word photo is taken from portrait. And portrait is of the face. And when you say, what was that? How was he? We say, Suratul Jameel. He's very handsome. Suratul Jameela. She's very beautiful. Yani, it's looking at the face. So even the word is indicating that when you deface the face, then you have ruined the image. And there's no now comeback for that image in terms of life or recovery or anything like that. And it doesn't represent, and that's when you start going to then silhouettes, stick men, this, that, whatever. The big discussion of smileys, for example, yeah, mm-hmm. and using you know um, equal sign and uh, bracket. Okay, so equal sign and bracket. It's very clear to see it as a face, but it's also very clear to see that it's nothing of a face. Do you know what I'm trying to say? You're like two years to huh? a <laughs> Two years to Come on, bro. <laughs> This is the one, right? Is that a face on the, the 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 horse? No, it's a cat. A cat. 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 No, on the horse.
1: Oh, the horse. Mm-hmm. There is
0: some definition there. Is there some definition?
1: Yeah, yeah. right. I I see the face. You can see some
0: man on a horse, that's it. it's the man on a the horse. There is some definition here. on the face, isn't there? Yeah. I think I can see some eyes there on the on the horse, no? Yeah.
1: yeah.
0: Yeah. And this is now where we're at. You see, you're into this kind of, you know, this 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 dodgy kind of area. Now, let me just make something clear. We've done a lot of discussion. Okay? In terms of what we tell people We say this is a great area and don't wear clothes with animals, okay? And avoid it because it's full of doubt. And if you do, yani, wear it, then it's not the prayer which is the issue. It's the wearing of it with the issue, the display of it, it being in the house. And when you see problems with this, the problems are of different types. One is the problem of what are you doing? Are you recreating something? Now, we probably feel safe with something which is distorted that I didn't try to copy Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And so we're safe from that. Yeah? You're not a picture maker. You're not a one who's trying to copy creation while wearing a polo because it doesn't look great at all. And it doesn't show creation. So you're safe from that. But that's not the only issue. There are issues that we know that the angels do not enter into a place where there are things on display, pictures on display. So the question is, is that you're wearing these clothes around the house. Is it creating a healthy environment at home? And do we want that? Uh, the angels don't like to see these kind of attempts at creation. Okay? Um, but then scholars take it different ways. They said that all forms of photographic and representation are impermissible. Not just that which is displayed on the wall. We normally say keep it in a memory uh, album or close. And they say, no, even an album is not acceptable. Because when you're looking at it, it's someone trying to represent. So you'll see a huge spectrum. And we must be very careful not to... Yani yeah, insult anyone here, because all of these are scholars that are trying to make yani yeah, their best judgment call on a huge amount of evidences that they're trying to uh, balance. Okay? I'll be honest with you, I have always taken the point of caution, uh, meaning that I like to avoid any risk when it comes to clothing. If someone's there, put it on. Never, and you're going to see as well, I'll, I'll let the beans out now, Sheikh Uthaymeen is going to say that it's permissible to pray with something like that. Meaning, not permissible, sorry, Uh, That the prayer is valid. The prayer is not going to be invalid. But Sheikh Uthameen is from the hardliners on this issue. No pictures at all of any sort whatsoever. It is haram to wear that. However, the prayer will be valid. At the moment, what's being argued by the Hanabila classic Hanbali position, is that the prayer with pictures on it is invalid. Haram and the prayer is invalid. Meaning you get a sin for wearing it and your prayer needs to be repeated. Okay, Our position uh, from a class point of view is that the prayer is valid. Okay, I'm just giving the end away. But as for the ruling on the wearing of it, then that is where you stand on an individual basis. Shaykh Utah means upon haram. Me, I'm on pure nuance. Like I said, all the nuances apply. If it's full definition, full clear, whatever, avoid. Impermissible. If it is something which can is is imaginary. I like that argument. It cannot possibly, therefore, be under that. But still, a person could say, well, if Allah didn't create it, and you're trying to come up with a new creation, it's almost <laughs> like a challenge. You know what I'm saying? That's scary talk, yani. you know what I'm saying? So I would also step back from that too. All right? And I wouldn't encourage that. I, I accept the idea, no, no, I'm just saying that, you know, that's been Bazi's fatwa, I get what oh, you're Mickey saying. Mouse argument, isn't it? The Mickey Mouse argument. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, but I'm saying that the Mickey Mouse argument can be turned on his head. Yeah. Yeah. And made like it's even worse you know what I'm saying? And I also understand there are many evidences from the Salaf that they would deface dolls. Right? That they would, Yani, yeah, whatever. Now, back then, there wasn't any. Uh, uh, <laughs> Show me Manchester United thing, it's not changing anything whatsoever. Okay? Uh, but with the liver bird, how clear is it? By the way, I don't think anyone in the world knows what a liver bird is. <laughs>
1: <laughs> liver bird.
0: There you go. <laughs> <laughs> it's a liver bird, okay? Liver bird, by the way, is a Liverpool logo, okay? So, they, this is the Scouse English for you. They want it to be known as a liver bird, but they want the team to be called Liverpool. You work that out. Yeah, astaghfirullah, no need for that. Yeah, I mean, no need for that, no need for that. Now, you see, this is interesting, because number one, I don't even know whether a liver bird or liver bird is real. Oh, it's not? Mythical creature. Mythical creature, sure? Now, this, this is where this conversation gets out of control. This is a very popular logo, okay? It's a popular logo because it warns everyone that this is Najasa and that, you know, that, you know if the logo is there, you can't touch it or whatever. And that's very clear, international sign of Najasa, which we, we voted on as a class and it was accepted by unanimous. Apple? Apple? No, no, Apple was rejected. Yeah, like this became the winner. But now you look at it, now if, if you're talking about prayer, its definition is a cartoon definition, not a real one. Add to it that it's a uh, uh, reality, that it's a fake creature. So the argument is, is going to be that to say to someone it's haram to pray in this is difficult. You get what I'm saying? Now, you, yeah. your one, past your one, that's another discussion. The red devil. Are
1: these on display or under, under your job?
0: So we're talking in principle on display. On display. Yeah, we'll talk about yeah, covering it afterwards. Now you look at this. Okay. Now this is obviously the Manchester United logo. It's a shaitan. <laughs> it's a flipping devil. Now, that doesn't make sense. Muslims walk around with devils. Yani, okay, And salah even worse. But then you look at it, we have no idea what a devil looks like. <laughs> Who said that that's a devil? It's certainly not from our sharia that yani, this is a devil. Okay, it's got two horns. and We've been told that the devil has horns. But where did this pike yani, thing, what's it called?
1: Trident.
0: Trident thing come from. And the, t- the tail with the thing in thingamajig, and this is clearly not a human representation, it's a cartoon representation, and so on and so on and so forth. But I don't think you can approach this like that, because that's, pro- that's representing a mythical bird, and this is representing all evil. What is it though? What is it? If anybody saw that, a random person, he wouldn't say that's the devil. That's... I-, I think the exact opposite. I think that's exactly what they'd think. No,
1: they're say, it looks like a, lion.
0: Like a what? A lion. So maybe that's a point. It looks like it's a crazy animal. It's a
1: symbol <laughs> <of United.
0: laughs> now you see you can't rubbish that argument, okay? Because this goes back to the argument behind things like the Nike logo. Is the Nike logo the Nike logo, or is it a representation of the god? What's it called? Yeah, but I mean, in the, what's the god called? The, the, Mercury. They all, huh?
1: Mercury.
0: Mercury. The no, that this 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 swoosh, the tick. The tick. The tick. Is a is a is a is a, a symbol of one of the Roman or Greek gods or whatever, and that's why some scholars say it's haram to wear Nike because you are representing thing. And now we're going to a whole different discussion. Greek the Greek god was the name, Theos or G- G- Zeus or some bakwas? Anyway, <laughs> yani, uh, 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 this then goes back into the bigger argument of Christmas, for example, and Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. right, and Halloween. Are things haram because of how they are understood today? Or are things haram because of what they actually represent according to an academic study of what they were founded upon? Christmas today is not of Christmas of a couple hundred years ago. Likewise, Easter today is a set like Valentine's Day. Who even knows what Valentine's Day was made for? Now, does someone who choose that day to do something special, is that something which is haram? Uh, 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 Does Valentine's Day represent something what it represents now? It represents something which is haram previous times? Christmas. Is it kufar? Well, they got the day wrong anyway. All right, <laughs> They got the thing wrong. It's a pagan thing. Okay, does a it, it, it pagan thing come through or not? Nike, then back to the issue. Are we, when we wear Nike, are we saying Greek goddess of or whatever it was, what was it? Victory or something, yeah? Or are we like, you know, I'm wearing something that, that represents a brand and it costs me some money, you know what I'm saying? So there's a lot to say for intentions and realities and this discussion will never be solved in our time. It will always remain a no matter of which they had. There will always be scholars that will say, why on earth are you doing it? Why are you falling into the risk area? Avoid it. And that's a, sense, a sensible position. And there'll be others that will say that no, life has to continue. We have to be real. And if people do not perceive something associated to it, then let people perceive what, what it is. And this discussion is really nuanced. I mean, there's so much friqt behind this when you think about it. Like, this discussion uh, extends to the cross. What's the reality of the cross? Today, people use the cross. And some will say the cross, the salib, is a symbol of Christianity. Now... Some people would argue, like Muslims would argue, they'll say, you know, what's the evidence that it's a symbol of Christianity? What does it even mean to be a symbol of Christianity? It's people's own sick minds of the way that they represent their religion by some fake, yani, event, okay, where Islam was not involved at all. And others will say, well, no, actually crucifixion was a concept which is known in Islam and mentioned in the Qur'an and is something which is, yani, known uh, according to Christian belief. Today people will say, this is a cross, that's a cross, this is a cross. Do we give the cross meaning or not? Some people will say it is meaningless. It means nothing to the Muslims. If it's there or not there, يَنِي admi In front of me, it, it being in front of me is like you're not know, even existing, because it means nothing. However, what about the Hadith Bukhari, that Isa salam will come and he will break the cross. What does that mean? They argued over it. They said that it was a, this breaking the cross is a metaphor, that he will um, abrogate Christianity. He will say that Christianity is you know not true. This is what breaking the cross means. Others said, he will snap the cross in a symbolic move. If he did that, then that's him admitting, that the the cross has a meaning. Do you get what I'm saying? So it's not about what people understand it to be today, but what it actually has represented over the years. So I want you to know that symbolism, which I guess is what we're discussing, isn't it, really, in the form of images and design and whatever, is a very difficult, complicated matter. Okay? And it's more than just is it got eyes and nose and whatever, just as we can see with this Red Devil. Yep, it does look like an animal. But they say the Red
1: Devils. Yep. Yeah, they are known as the Red Devils. Yep. So by default, that is. It.
0: They're making it clear that it refers to a devil.
1: yeah But the knife of ticks, what? There's Red Devils the, and they put an angel on
0: the, no, there. But a, <laughs> it's a tick, isn't it? So you, nobody says talking about the United. It's a cross or a tick. It's, everybody sees it and sees it as knife, anybody sees that
1: symbol, it's Unite the Red Devils.
0: No, no, you're talking about the team, but what his point is, is that when you look at a Nike symbol, you don't think the no, god of so-and-so. Right. No. And what he's saying is that when you see the red devil logo, you don't no. think shaitan, yeah. you think Manchester United. Why? Because Nike has uh, disassociated itself. And that's the whole point. It's not disassociated itself. No, no, no. Yani, do you think, like for example, that when... Uh, 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 um, and this shows, this, this argument can't be won. All mm. right? When I like when they go onto the football pitch, mm-hmm. do they, for example, celebrate in a way with kind of grotesque Halloween masks and they, they bring up the you know, satanic rituals and they make signs for 666 six, six every time they score? No, but then you could turn around and say, But look, the bloody mascot is this big devil that jumps onto the you know, is a big red devil and he runs around and you know, so it'll go back and forth. But you know, are they dropping the symbolism or are they reinforcing it? Whatever. It's obvious at the end of the day that they don't want to represent real devils. It's clearly a marketing thing that you know, they've used. But then the question should be asked, should we support that morally? Should we be ethically be supporting that? Islamically, is that fit as part of our... You know, the, and that's why we don't wear it. I don't wear it. I don't like others to wear it. It should be covered up. I don't, I don't think it's haram to, though. I think there's enough doubt and ishtihad in there, like the point it made, and the things that we've been saying, that would make this not a clear situation. When it's not clear, we're very careful then when it comes to the ruling on it. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. So, um, I I want to say that the scholars pretty much agreed, as Imam Noah we said, that when the face is defaced, when the eyes are removed, when life now is not possible for this thing because it would not represent a living creature, then it becomes permissible for it to be displayed and worn and so on. Okay? So I just want you to know that this defacing, this removing. Now, I want to say that again, that would have worked for that time, for their era to understand this. This is one of those areas of fiqh that is not closed. This is an area of fiqh which I think is very open for ishtihad. Because back then, to deface a doll would just be a defaced dole. Now, you deface a doll, you're not going to sleep for the rest of that month because that is chucky and it's going to come and kill you in the nighttime. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Everything takes on a different reality at different times. You now go into a house with kids' dolls defaced, you're calling the psychologist and saying that I need, there's something wrong with my child, and they're making this, that pictures and whatever, whatnot. You are seriously worried. It's not the innocent act of defacing a doll 1400 years ago. You know what I'm saying? You now go to a painting, and like, you know, when you see the internet, I mean, you know, I am someone who this happens to regularly, okay? I get PDFs written about me, that he's the world's biggest deviant and innovator, whatever. But when they want to explain to their readers who this innovator is, they put my picture up and they put these big red Yanni things across my eyes. And I look at it, and I look like basically I'm like, you know, Laserman or something. Yeah, what's that guy out of uh, uh, the the guy who. uh, ex, ex, X-Man? The guy who has a big mask. What's that guy called? Batman. Uh, eh? Batman. Batman? Yeah, Batman. Batman. It doesn't matter. All the man's apply. All, 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 all of these things apply. You'll see. You'll see that there's a big red thing written across, whatever. Now, when you look at that, you don't think, what a religious presentation. You think, <laughs> man, that looks so weird. Right? And so, I'm saying that these things have different values at different times and if it's bringing more attention to the thing then are you you know missing out on the point in the first place this is a really really difficult area and i think that only the very best top scholar could cut through it and then you'd copy him make the of that person on all their positions i've never seen any scholar do that by the way i've, I've studied this issue for di- for decades and i never saw anyone. Sheikh Al-Bani wrote an entire book on this on the permissibility and impermissibility imper- of tasweer it's actually available in English and you will read through it and all the opinions and you will come up after it more confused than you started <laughs> it's a proper book and it's in English and it's a, it's a real popular book and you can buy it on Board of Islam he has always loads of copies it's he, a bestseller. seller it's such an exciting subject Yeah, and you start it and you go all the way through it and you will have none, none the better you'll be no closer to the truth so you need to do taqlid of a scholar in this. You choose an alim and you follow them exactly. Or you do the approach which is that you avoid it as much as possible. Knowing a few key parameters. That if the face is thingy, then it's not haram. It's not going to invalidate the prayer. However, in all of the dodgy things in between, all of the doubtful matters in between, keep it covered up and so on. The
1: United
0: yeah? One uh, got the face and the eyes and so also. Uh, But even though, you see, the United One, even with its face and its eyes... It's not even attempting to be real. Now you see, you could say shaitan isn't real. But then if shaitan is very real. Then we say, okay, well, the picture of shaitan is not real. Then we'll say, actually, there is no possibility to understand what the picture of shaitan is. You see how now we're in a dodgy area, we can't work out what's going on? It's easier with the liver bird. Okay, the liver bird just doesn't exist. And so therefore, its hole of white for its eyes are representing eyes, but it's clearly not eyes. Because they're not eyes. Now on this, its attempt to be an eye doesn't help the situation or make it any worse because any representation of Shaitan is gonna be one that has no idea what's going on. So it's a mess. Anyway, anyway. Quickly on
1: that point. The The what of the eye? Eyes. Yeah. So people say something called eyes is a category. Correct. correct?
0: Yes, I agree. Yani, what I'm trying to say is that in the people who are dealing with this issue, Mm. they are looking for little markers Mm. that increase the likelihood of this being a challenge to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in what you're doing. So that's why we said that a pencil drawing is not the same as a painting, and a painting is not the same as a perfect reproduction and whatever. There is clearly a hierarchy. And that's, why for, and that's why I mentioned the point of the carpet. That's why there are some scholars, for example, that said, you know, Lacoste, right? It's a logo, which is so small, it's not even trying to be in your face. You get what I'm trying to say? And there are some designer brands where the animal is very prominent, but only on the label, which is actually there. Because they are trying to justify the cost of it. But they're not trying to say that you need to see it on me. You get what I'm saying? So the picture is actually hidden at all times behind you. So we cannot give that the ruling the same as a person who you know, wears a big thing. Mm. Yeah? What about back in the day? You know, happy face yeah, acid t shirts, you know? Smileys. Mm. I mean, what's, what do you do with that? Yeah. That's not real, but it's big face in your face, isn't it? So, you know. Which one?
1: This Lacoste one. Mm.
0: It's got eyes. It's got... Uh, well, but you see, no, that Lacoste one is. Right, my uh, uh, back, like the, the you know back in the day, I used to I used to wear a lot of Lacoste, and it never used to be defined. No. This, 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 this. I can't see it. This thing's in the way. Yeah, you see, look at that. Okay, that's not as defined as you may think. Hmm. Is that an eye? That black thing. It is, yeah. an eye. Is, is it an eye? Yeah, yeah, an eye? It's
1: not an eye, is it? it is, yeah. That big black thing is an eye.
0: I don't think that's an I. Right. But this is my point. You see, if something is like, is that an I? Is that not an I? Is that an I? Is that not an I? You know what I'm saying? It proves my point. Right? So, yeah. This is what we're talking about. What I'm saying is, and we've spoken about this many times in LP, That the safer position, the most encompassing position is all about trying to understand something in between. You know, these are cartoon representations, this, that, whatever. You could argue. What I'm trying to say is that you're not going to go and rip this off the guy's back. And you're not going to say that this guy's prayer is completely whatever. That's what the the, the benefit of studying. We know that there's a major haram uh, uh, aspect to pictures. But study and knowledge, like what we do gives us the parameters that you know what's going on. Let's quickly just take some of these thingy. So a cartoon representation okay go on go to take it from the bottom chest. Go on. Yeah, from here. From here. Oh, uh? yeah I dunno don't, I don't baby thing. Yeah. Alright. So can kids baby wear clothes with pictures of actual animals on them? Now there's no doubt that when it comes to kids, the issue is a bit less. Right? It's not so serious. Alright? But I think that yani, I, I as I said, I personally believe that animals which are not real, okay, and I, 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 my personal opinion, not real or not representing proper or not or defaced or whatever, they're permissible to wear. But in general, if you have a choice, then you avoid them. In general, if you have a choice, you avoid them, okay, especially those which are real and and so on. What about if the uh, the inanimate, inanimate or the animate object is hidden? You're wearing it, and I, I. That there would be a problem um, to some scholars, but I do not see that. It's not being displayed. My problem is what we just heard. The spirit of the law is not being kind of maintained. So you kind of still supporting that kind of industry and this, that, whatever is not great. But it's a haram, no, because you're not displaying it and you're not proudly representing it. And it's not, you know, possible to be seen. So I do not believe it's impermissible when the prayer is not affected by it. When a person moves from their physical position of prayer, for example, to attend the door, which is a few steps away, then do they have to return to their original prayer position? No, they don't. If they can pray closer to the door, then they can pray closer to the door. They don't need to go all the way back to where they were. There's nothing special about that. Obviously, if it's a congregational prayer, but then that wouldn't apply, would it? Okay. Um, yeah. Go on.
1: Uh, in Madugos, University of Manchester. Sometimes during the salah, the door is locked because it needs a key to open. It. Yes. It yes. So during the salah, you might have someone knocking on the door repeatedly. Yeah. Because they want to come in. Yeah. And at one point, a brother actually during the salah went Whilst he
0: was whilst he was in a congregational prayer. Yes. And we're talking like what kind of goal did it? Like I described. Was he here when I described the walking of the opening of the door?
1: The the new prayer room.
0: The new prayer room, right?
1: Yeah, the, the new McGoogle. this is
0: ridiculous, yes, man. You have to walk out one door, walk all the way <laughs> yes, down. So you was the oh, you mean that Yani? Uh, so, so he walked a proper distance, yeah, with change right. of direction and this and change that. Mind, it might
1: actually the same direction. Opens the door, walks out sideways, opens the second door. Yeah, that's too much. That's too much.
0: Yeah, much. yeah, yeah, that's too much. And that scenario there, we just have to avoid. That's like a complete breaking of the jamaah. Allah oh. I alam. Mean, that's way too much. That's a, That's way too much. Some guy is very happy to tell me. Yeah, I need. Oh, no, actually, not some guy. Shahid, that is Cyclops. That person. So there you go. I'm Cyclops. Okay. Um, can a uh, can we have pictures stored on a laptop, phone? Yes, I believe so. And school as well. I believe so. I think that they have a very different meaning and a different thing, and they're not presented either. They're closed and so on. Teddy bears. They have eyes, but not much other detail. I think there's space for that. Okay. I think there's space for that. But again, the more representative they are of a real thing, you know. But I just want to say that children, the area for children is much more relaxed. Okay? Even though the, the facing came with the things for children. But it's clear that their existence, yeah, and not being destroyed completely, it would indicate that. Allah knows best. Okay, we'll call that. Anyone, anyone ask anything about that? Yep. Yeah. What's the sort of question about um,
1: salat, moving the salah? So, for example, someone finishes their salat with a cane late, So, they're like making up. Yep. Or a or whatever. Yep. After the salah, maybe some people move and they finish and they move. And this person walks forward Yeah. and then carries on. Yeah. I just want to know why I see
0: that. So the reason that people walk forward after they have uh, uh, stood up to complete their prayer is effectively to protect their own uh, sutra. So no one walks in front. So no one walks in front. And there is some basis for that. There is some basis for that. Meaning that there are, as we said before... Uh, there are certain steps that are taken which are actually rewarded, such as to fill a gap and so on. And also to protect yourself, these are rewarded steps to minimize. However, because to take a sutra is, is sunnah, and some scholars even consider it to be obligatory, Okay, to pray behind something that indicates very clearly where your prayer part is. Now, uh, those who to take may consider it to be an obligation, therefore everything to achieve that obligation becomes an obligation. So therefore they move towards it. Here's the problem. Number one, it is sunnah only to take a sutra, number one. Number two, um, the, wa- uh, the walking towards a sutra, even if it's an, uh, a recommendation, yani sunnah, is allowed. And that's okay, because it's a praiseworthy walking to protect yourself and another person. However, it has to be within limits, like I said. You find some people that take one or two steps, we're happy with that. But there's some people who literally walk like 10 steps. What the heck's that? You know what I'm saying? This is not not right. And this, should, yani, this is people, these are people who read narrations that don't understand the fiqh of the matter. You know what I'm saying? Walking steps, 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 steps. I've seen that, okay? And it's out of control. It's out of control. A few steps. Yani, we've never seen anything narrated from the Prophet ﷺ more than a few steps. Allah knows best.
1: And back to the image, your images. So you're there obviously there's a hierarchy discussion about eyes, all the rest of it. Yeah. Yep. Come back to the illa though. So the illa is about challenging online's creation.
0: If you accept that.
1: Right. Okay. Let's assume we accept that. Yeah. Yeah. So let's take an average person wears a t-shirt with, let's say, a giraffe on it, kind of thing. Yeah. He's not challenging anybody. He's bought it. Looks nice. Digital image, all the rest of it. No one to giraffes, etc., etc.
0: A real giraffe, yeah, yeah. I mean, I like a for, proper, a proper yeah, picture, a picture of a, yeah, an animate. In, in yeah. A scene, it were, yeah. 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 yeah.
1: So, if you take the illa as given, yep. yeah, none of that applies to that scenario. So, does that trump essentially all the rest of the discussion
0: or not? So, so, so we'll we'll stop this uh, there and pause there, and we'll ask number one: What are we talking about? We're talking about the the action of the guy who made the T-shirt, so that's got to be separated, right? From the guy who just picks it up and wears it, mm-hmm. okay? And what the nature of Yani, the general Islam of that person, and the ruling of the prayer. Hmm. So we've already told you that the prayer itself is not going to be affected, which we're going to cover next, okay? Uh, The prayer is not affected. But in terms of what that person is doing, if that giraffe is representing clearly a creation and a person displaying it, then depending upon your take on what is the nature of pictures, and like you said, what the illa is, this is either a haram action or a completely innocent one. Mm-hmm. And the same question is to be said to the one who designed that t-shirt. If they're making it just because of design reasons and actually nothing of respect whatsoever, mm-hmm. then you can see some argument. But then the counter-argument is, is that does anyone actually create a picture of an animal for it to be disrespected? Mm-hmm. You know, you'll see in the books of fiqh, that they will say that anyone who creates a picture that is not being disrespected is guilty of the sin. Look at that w- wording. Meaning that if you create a picture that is to be respected, mm-hmm. then that uh, mindset is the problematic mindset which is prohibited in the hadith. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Okay. Right? Now, that, once you take it to that level, you can see the situation is getting a bit... You know what I'm saying? What picture can you not wear when you're praying Because that giraffe is an animate object. I I wouldn't. No, no, uh, absolutely. Animate object with eyes is way too risky. I'm saying to you that even the idea of full animate with full eyes, that the scholars all seem to agree that is impermissible, has to be defaced, I would even challenge that. I'm saying that every opinion in this issue can be challenged. Because the Illa is up for the debate. So
1: is there any image from our class position?
0: Our class position? Like our image. class position is very simple. No animate objects, animate as they are, should be displayed. As weird. Forget about the prayer. No, not the prayer though. It's in to... If it's in the, if it's in the prayer... It is something which yeah, it does not invalidate the prayer, and depending upon the, what you believe about these pictures, it's a sin to be wearing it. It doesn't affect the prayer. But the reason I'm not talking about that is because actually we haven't covered that yet. That's the next lesson. Next week. Khalas, enough. Subhanakallah, <laughs> wa kashadullah ilayhla and wa 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 rahmatullah.